0: Thank you so much, Greg, and uh, thank you folks up in the booth, Will and Ryan and Justin. Good people out here. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 10. John is the fourth book in the New Testament. And uh, while you're getting there, um, I went to high school in a small farming community. And uh, in church, I was taught that the way that we Baptists saw things was not only the best way to see things, but was the only way to see things. And uh, there was this kind of certain... everyone was drinking this water... I think uh, that uh, there was just something in it, and there was just this, this like palpable, uh, egotistical anger, okay, towards anyone who thought differently than we did. Uh, it was the only way to see things. Anyone who believed differently than us, there was this kind of, ah, uh, you know, bearing the bear in the claws. And when I graduated high school, I went to a Christian college, but I did not go to a Baptist College I went to a Pentecostal College Church of God I went to to Lee University in uh, in Cleveland Tennessee when I got there my nostrils were flaring my eyes were big and wide and I was ready to browbeat some people into seeing the light of day right and I knew I knew there were only two reasons that these Pentecostals could possibly see things differently than how I saw them either They were just ignorant of (laughs) what the Bible said about this, that, or the other, or they knew and they just didn't care. Right? Either they were ignorant or they were evil. Those were the only two imaginable reasons that anyone could ever disagree with me about anything. Right? I believe that our world was hurting, it was broken, and it was in need of redemption. And the burden that God had placed on my shoulders, okay, going to this Pentecostal college, was to separate myself from this group of people and to say that I am different, all right? They are different. They are categorically different and separate from me as a way of finding my own redemption in this life and helping bring God's redemption to the world around me. In other words, I, I wasn't curious to learn from these different people. okay I was excited to influence and shape and convert these people. okay I felt like I was spiritually superior. I was I was focusing on their differences. I was stereotyping, lumping all these people into one big lump. I was simplifying complicated belief systems and complicated uh, uh people uh, into something that I could easily understand and disassemble. All right? So my friends, I want to ask you this question this morning, all right? And you might shrug this off uh, with some uh, no, I don't do that kind of thing. but my question for you this morning is this, do you separate yourself from others? What I mean is this, you separate yourself when you decide that you know you would never do what they're doing. Right? You would never believe what those people believe. You would never, you would never, you would never. I would never. Do you ever separate, separate yourself? Think about when you watch the news. Okay? When you read the news. Okay? I would never do that. Or when you hear about uh, what that church down the street is doing or saying, oh, I would never do that. When someone in your family, your extended family, uh, makes a really terrible life decision, oh, I would never do that. Believing in your heart that they are, okay, this other thing from you. So I want to share this word from you, a teaching with you from Jesus this morning, and I think it brings a lot of clarity to how the choice to be a separator. The choice to be a divider, the choice to be a scatterer, just in your mind, just in your heart, all right, uh, it's just categorically not the way of Jesus. It just isn't who we are as the people of God. And yet, there is always a very strong pull of gravity, a very strong pull of gravity to return to the, the temptation to be a separator. To label folks and tribalize and persuade ourselves that those people are so different from me. Those people are so different from my group of people. Okay? That it's they're so different that it's, it's actually important that, that I don't find anything in common with them. Like I don't want to find anything in common with those people. All right. This is really, really, really important. I, actually, I promise I'm gonna actually open this Bible in a second. But uh, this is just so, so important to to think about in this modern life we are living. Because if you think about it, like no time ever before, we are just kind of passively downloading information into our head from all around the world, okay? Um, People are spending two hours a day, three hours a day, four hours a day, five hours a day, looking at screens, consuming information, uh, and seeing what other people are doing. And when you're just kind of passively uh, receiving this, what are, you, what are you doing in your head? You're kind of assessing what it is they're doing. You're judging. You're evaluating. You're making commitments. Are, am, am I, is this my tribe or is this that tribe? And so this is just this prevalent experience of the human condition right now, that we are just becoming more and more and more separated and polarized. So my friends, Jesus has very, very good news for you this morning. And this is what He says in chapter 10. I'm going to start in verse 2 and go through verse 12. Jesus says, The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When He has brought out all His own, He goes on ahead of them, and His sheep follow Him because they know His voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from Him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what He was telling them. Therefore, Jesus again said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before Me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through Me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then, when, then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. Thanks be to God for that very good word. So this is a figure of speech from Jesus. All right? And uh, you have all these characters, all right? And so I kind of want to decode this a little bit and really dig into the Scripture here. So first you have uh, the shepherd, all right? And, And two verses later, in verse 14, Jesus explicitly says, I am the good shepherd, all right? So when he says there is a shepherd, he means himself, all right? And why does Jesus want you to think about him as a shepherd? All right. Have you ever asked yourself that question? I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But but think about what a shepherd does for his sheep. All right. A shepherd keeps his sheep together, right, and leads them where they need to go. I mean, that's the main gist. All right. There's a way more involved in uh, uh, shepherding. Okay. I'm sure you know. Occasionally, they need to like like fight off some robbers and some lions and stuff on occasion. And uh, I'm sure they got to shear the sheep and milk the sheep and slaughter the sheep and buy the sheep and sell the sheep and all kinds of sheep things. I don't really know, never done it. But mainly, the shepherd keeps the sheep together and leads them where they need to go. Just by doing those two things, uh, uh, the shepherd's keeping them safe and, and providing food for them and all those things. And Jesus is the set shepherd. And so, th- so, this is what Jesus is saying about himself to you today, my friends. Jesus brings us closer together and he leads us where we need to go. He brings us closer together and he leads us where we need to go. And then you have the sheep, all right? Sheep are those that stay together and follow the good shepherd. That's what a sheep is in this saying. They know that as long as they stay together and they follow that voice, everything's going to be okay. Alright? And they're little peanut-sized brains. They just got to stay together and follow that voice. And then Jesus throws in all these other characters here in John chapter 10. Alright? So you have um, you have thieves, you have robbers, you have hired hands, you have strangers all these uh, other characters are kind of thrown in here and this is what I want to tell you about all of those uh, characters in this uh, uh, saying. In John 10, okay in this specific teaching, uh, Jesus is saying that all of those characters, they all represent the Pharisees. okay The symbolism in this teaching is very fluid. Jesus at one point Jesus says he's the shepherd, at another point Jesus says he's the gate, right? I mean it's just very, Fluid with all these symbols, Uh, but 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 I want you to think about this. If you look in your Bible, okay, right there on the page, all the scripture leading up to this teaching here in John ten is John chapter nine. All of John chapter nine is the story of Jesus healing the man born blind. All right, and what happens in that story? Is uh, the Pharisees kind of inject themselves in that story, and they they come up to this man who's been healed, and they're arguing with him and saying Jesus isn't the real deal. And um, basically, John nine kind of devolves into Jesus dialoguing with these Pharisees. Uh, a thousand years after the Bible was written, someone invented the chapter system. Okay, so it's not like original to the to the scripture. There. John, this this teaching here is a continuation of the story. Of the man being born blind, where Jesus is engaging these Pharisees. So, everything he's saying here, he's saying to the Pharisees, this is all about the Pharisees and the strangers, the thieves, the robbers, the hired hands, all of those characters represent the Pharisees. Not necessarily talking about the devil or talking about pop stars or the Scranton Strangler or atheists or whatever. I mean, you know, those can kind of be. Uh, folded into all that, but Jesus is talking specifically about the Pharisees. So, what is a Pharisee anyway? Let me just kind of pull that apart a little bit at, before we move forward. Right, that word Pharisee, it, it comes from this uh, this word fair rush, which literally means to set apart, to be separate. That's what that word, and of course, the Pharisees are all across the Gospels. All right, they these were a people who felt a special calling, a special burden to separate themselves from non-Jewish people. That was really uh, what what they felt. This made them who they were. We are set apart from non-Jewish people. We are set apart from sinful Jews. We are set apart from. Those Sadducees, those Essenes, those other uh, uh, Jewish groups, we are separate from them. And they were very intentional about this. They would wear special clothing just so you knew that they were different. They were separated. They were the set-apart ones. They had to withdraw from public life, withdraw from sinful community living. The way of the the pharisee was this it was this kind of arrogant religious isolationism from their neighbor and their community sin for them was understood to be something that infected you all right and you had to withdraw from it se- separate yourself from it you had to separate yourself from sinners and from sin so that you can be this sort of emblem of virtue before God. And, and maybe if enough people separated themselves from those prostitutes and those tax collectors and, and whatnot, God would finally bring redemption to Israel. Pharisees believed that sinners and non-Jewish people were categorically different from them. That a special burden had been placed upon their shoulders to help all those poor, ignorant, evil sinners around them. Pharisees were intent on assuring people that they were different. And Jesus says that His sheep will never follow their voice. That in fact, they will run away from the stranger. They will run away from the thief, the robber, the hired hand, the Pharisee, the separator. Jesus says that His sheep will never follow them they will never follow the voice of the one who is dividing and separating and telling you that those people who disagree with us, those people who have a different lifestyle than us, those people who are supposedly somehow fundamentally different than us, telling, that you, telling you that you have to separate yourself from those people if you want to bring God's redemption to the world around you. And Jesus says, His sheep will never follow that. Voice. They will never become a part of that story. The shepherd keeps his sheep together and he leads them where they need to go. The New Testament is very clear about something, uh, or the Bible is, is very clear about something. You have to understand this, okay? On the first page of the Bible, on in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says. That God created humankind in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Everyone created in God's image. And then you go to Romans chapter 3, verse 23, to where it says it very clearly. The Bible says that all, everyone, has fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, and there you have it, okay? All of humankind, everybody, all of us, was created in God's image and is broken by sin. All of us, we're not that much different at the bottom of things. We're all created in God's image, but fall short of God's glory. And you're not better or worse than anybody else in this world. You're not smarter, You're not dumber. You're not better. You're not worse. You don't have it all figured out. They don't have it all figured out. You're making mistakes. They're making mistakes. We're just in this big human flock together. And that is just like the fundamental anthropology of Christian theology to give you, to say it with big words, with $10 words. All right? Made in God's image, broken by sin. But the emphasis actually is on everybody. All of us. Everybody is made in God's image and broken by sin. Those who follow Jesus, who surrender their whole life to Jesus, they get it. That is the voice that they are following. The voice that says that you were created with love and brilliance, and in your freedom, you got off course and you missed The mark. But in Jesus, you can still find still waters and green pastures. Jesus brings us closer together and leads us where we need to go. But what Jesus is saying, that the one who separates and divides is the thief come to kill us. The voice that tells you that you are different from your neighbor or different from the people you disagree with, or or you're different from the people with different lifestyles, or belief systems, or political parties, or whatever it is, the one who separates and divides is the thief come to kill us. And Jesus brings us closer together, and He leads us where we need to go. Everyone is made in God's image and broken by sin. Any voice that says that people are not made in God's image Or suggest that they're a little bit less made in God's image. Any voice that says that those people are broken by sin more than me, more than us, that's the voice of the thief. What Jesus is saying is that the thief is not someone who stands on the wrong side of some kind of social issue debate. All right. The thief is not someone who doesn't believe in God or is a murderer or a terrorist. Now those are not super important things, okay. But the thief, the thief is the one who's going to, to really kill and destroy. Okay. The thief is the Pharisee. The thief is the separator, the divider, the isolator. Okay. If you look at the worst criminal out there through the lens of the gospel. What you see is this. They're not much different than me. And if my circumstances had been just a little bit different in life, that could have been me. That could have been me. just They're made in God's image. They're broken by sin. Just like me. Just like you. The thief comes to whisper an anti-gospel story in your ear that you are different and separate than that person. In those people. In verse 10, the good shepherd says that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. That a fragmented, isolated, separated, polarized life. A life that is comfortable with the anti-gospel message of separating brother from brother and sister from sister. That is a life of death. That is a life that is no life at all. It's a dead life. Life, the good shepherd says that I have come to give you life and, and, and give it to the full. That a resurrected life is a life that is connected and close to diverse people. It's, it's not a life that just surrounds itself with people just like themselves, so that you know your comfort zones are never pushed and stretched. A resurrected life makes different choices, right? I hope to God that you make different choices than a lot of people in this world who make really awful choices. And if an individual is, is dragging you down and bringing out the worst in you instead of the best in you, if an individual actually is threatening the safety of you or your kids, I hope you do separate yourself and create some division. Okay. And a resurrected life uh, receives accountability and holds people accountable in the face of injustice and evil. Don't get the wrong idea setting you know, boundaries around a criminal or something like that. That's, that's being the shepherd with the staff protecting the sheep, right? But a resurrected life is a life that is close to diverse people and follows Jesus. It's a life that chooses to focus on the image of God in your enemies. In the people who are different from you. The people who make you angry and you speak forth that goodness, and you let the image of God draw you closer. And it's a life that remembers your own sinfulness and brokenness when you see other people making awful life choices. That you actually allow that mutual sense of brokenness and confusion to bring you closer instead of letting someone else's sin be a wedge between you. A resurrected life is a life that is close to diverse people and follows Jesus. I'm so grateful that the Good Shepherd whacked me really, really hard in the head when I was in college, all those many years ago now. It taught me to begin to appreciate difference, the differences around me. Open myself up to what I could learn from them, okay? instead of how to defend myself and, and like conquer people. Okay? And I'm still working on that to this day. I still hear whispers from the thief who's coming to kill me, okay? to, to, to polarize me, to separate myself, to fragment, to become a judge. But I ended up getting a killer bargain out of the deal by opening myself up to those Pentecostal people at Lee. turned out one of them was super-duper cute. She ended up marrying me. Uh, so I did convert her. So that's a good thing. But that's a perfect example of what can happen when we refuse to listen to the voice of the thief. The, one, the voice of the stranger who's trying to separate us. We actually discover a resurrected life, life to the full, when we push back against the division and we embrace and enjoy the people the thief is trying to separate us from. And so all I want you to do this week is this. I just want you to remember who the thief is. Just remember who the thief is. The thief who comes to steal and to kill and to destroy you. The thief is the voice that is trying to separate you from people who are different and pull you away from Jesus. That is the voice The thief. That's it. That's who the stranger is, the hired hand is, the robber is. It's the voice that is separating you from people who are different and pulling you away from Jesus. Let's pray together, my friends. Loving and generous Jesus, our good shepherd who leads us beside still waters who leads us beside mountain streams in places of peace within. We love You so much. Our life would be so different without You, Jesus. And we're so grateful to know You and to know Your voice and to follow it in this wilderness that we call life. Lord, draw us closer to You so that we can hear Your voice more clearly, more intimately every single day. Give attention to our hearts when the thief comes to whisper in our ears to pull us away from others. To drill us down into polarization and isolation and separation and judgment and anger. Lord, draw us closer to one another and closer to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My friends, this morning I want to invite you, if you have never confessed that Jesus Christ is the Lord, the Savior, the Teacher of your life, to stand up and make that confession. If you are not an active member of a congregation, we invite you to join the good people of this beloved community here on the corner of Preston and South Main. I'll be standing down front as we sing together.